Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew and Matt. And this episode, we have a special guest with us. Um, you might not necessarily recognize his name, uh, but you'll definitely recognize his face if you watch any of the uh, Dream Conference. <laughs> He's reenacting it for us. <laughs> uh, we have Scott Pell on the episode with us today. Hello! Uh, Hi. Hello. Thanks for doing this, Scott. We appreciate it. Um, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of in general. And then we can okay. get to the, the Shenmue stuff in a bit. All right, awesome. Um, hi, my name is Scott Pell. I am uh, a nobody from Michigan who made his way to uh, E3 and ended up on camera. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Um, no, I mean, like, I love, absolutely love video games. And getting to the E3 was a dream come true for me. I had been wanting to go to E3 since, like, I found out that it was actually a thing. So, like, ten years in the making, and this dream finally came true. And uh, so that was, that was just amazing. And, like, when you're at E3, you are on board the hype train, dude. Like, like everything is just so amazing. So, like, yeah. Now, how did you, like, get to E3? Because at that point in time, it wasn't open to the public, correct? Right, right. It it wasn't it wasn't open to the public, so like I don't know like what hap- what what was going on like this past year when it was open to the public because I know that you still had to, like buy a pass, yeah. which is what I did. Oh. Um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I did, and it, it cost me a lot of money, but that's that's okay because um, like the year before I was working at a factory. And, you know, just kind of, like, working and saving up money. And, like, I, I knew that E3 was coming up. And so I looked into, like, getting in there any way that I possibly could. Because of, like, you know what, I, I, I deserve it after working a year at a crappy factory job. So, like, let's, let's do something awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I looked into, like, how to get in. So, like, I, I gosh, what happened? I, I think I had my podcast going on at the time. And, you know, I thought, like, hey, maybe I could... Uh, you know, use that as an excuse, or, like, my, my personal blog, you know, where I write about video games, and, like, none of that was good enough, but, like, I saw that, you know, you could just, like, purchase a pass, and it was, like, $800, which is crazy, and then, like, I also had to pay for the flight to Los Angeles, and, yeah, so it cost me a lot of money, but I gotta say, it was totally worth it. It was absolutely worth it, because, like, I, I had the best time. I got to meet so many cool people. I, oh, I got to I, Ted. I, I got to meet Ted Price from Insomniac Games, and Todd Howard from Bethesda, and I got to meet like uh, some YouTubers that I really like and admire. Like that was cool. Mm, cool. Nice. So uh, yeah, I, I I just bought a pass. I wasn't industry, but like you know, like I made the most of my time there. I I don't. I don't think I was supposed to be at the uh, Sony press conference because it was a press conference and I wasn't press. So I just kind of, I, I just walked in there, man. Like they didn't check nothing. They, they like, <laughs> I, I, I had my backpack and they checked my backpack and they're like, we, you, you can't bring food or drink in here. So like I had to toss out, like I just, I, I, I had like, I was going on an adventure. So like I stocked up on like, you know, food, snacks, and sanitizer, and Red Bull. And they saw my Red Bull, and they're like, "We can't allow that in here." So I took I took out my Red Bull, my four pack of Red Bull that I was going to use to like keep myself going throughout the uh, uh, expo. And I threw it in the trash. I'm like, "Damn it! No. <laughs> I spent money on that." Like, it's like ah, I play video games. It's like, all right, I'm going on an adventure. I need health potions. I need mana potions. I need all this stuff. So like, I, I, basically, I basically went to like the Rite Aid across like the drugstore across the street. You know, from where I was staying, and so I just stocked up on all this stuff. And so, like, I had to, I had to sacrifice that in order to get past. Hmm. And then I, and then I got in, and I got some food, and I think I sat at a table across from Rupert Grint, the kid who played uh, on Weasley. He looked like him. He looked like him. He really did. And then, like, he just got up and left. Like, bam! I could have talked to Rupert Grint. Then I went and sat down next to some guys from Norway who had a podcast. They were really cool. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. 
my my E3 experience is is full of crazy stories of just meeting people. Like, wait, was that that guy? Whoa! <laughs> well, you you picked a good one to go to. Yeah, yeah. E3 2015 was like an amazing E3. Yeah, it was probably the best one in my memory of all E3s. I yeah, would say so. totally. I would definitely totally. say so. There was so much there. So part of you know, even with the like the Shenmue delay and everything is. We want to keep this podcast going, so yeah. there's episodes where Matt and I talk about stuff, there's episodes where we have guests. So We still haven't really explained why why we have So that's yeah, why why am I here? So <laughs> I obviously you are in a video um, yeah. of that conference uh-huh. and I was like, well, this guy passionate about it. So I did some research, found your name found you on the Facebook, and I sent a message to you, and I said, hey, uh, this is, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard of us, this is what we do, um, would you like to be a guest on our podcast? To be perfectly clear, uh, Scott is the guy who stood up in the middle of the conference and held his head because his brains were going to explode during yeah. the announcement of Shenmue 3. Okay, okay, continue. So, <laughs> yes, that's, that's the best way to possibly describe it. <laughs> So, you don't mind if I read the response that you sent to me, do you? Oh, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, Scott replied, and the, once I was just, my wife and I were out on our back deck, I was having a beer, uh, we just got done supper, and I started reading this text message, and she's looking at, my wife's looking at me, she's like, something's going on. <laughs> and I said, I just got a text message, and it was totally not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> So, Scott replied with, Hello, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I appreciate the thought, though I'll have to respectfully decline. And then it goes on to, After E3, I revisited Shenmue and realized that I don't actually like the series. (laughs) It was a case of nostalgia overload combined with the energy of E3 that triggered my reaction. I was very happy for Yu Suzuki, and I still am, uh, that he's able to continue his vision. However... I just don't think that the games hold up anymore. If you do want my perspective, then I'll be there. What a twist this was. <laughs> da, da, da. I know. I know. His, so... his Scott's middle name is M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> it's, it's true. I have six names. <laughs> um, so we go back and forth a bit, and yeah. we decide that, you know, I said, hey, this I think is going to be a very interesting take, because every podcast that we've done so far... And all the guests that we've had on are very, you know, into the into Shenmue. Yeah. And I, I would definitely not that I consider us sort of journalists or anything, <laughs> but right. having, you know, we have a forum that people, um, you know, can be a part of. And I thought this would just be a really great episode, just to see from you know a different perspective from not the same side of the fence that we're necessarily on. Mm. Yeah. So explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you? Where were you on the day of today? Um, So, yeah, E3 was absolutely amazing. And I was just so excited about everything. And so, like, I didn't really realize that I was on camera. Go figure. Mm. People people actually asked me when I got back. um, My friends were asking me, like, did you plan on being on camera? I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of question is that? I have no idea. Like, they had cameras on the audience. But, like, yeah. So then I ended up becoming the Shenmue guy. And I turned into a GIF and, pe- like, Eurogamer. If you watch the, uh, if you look at the trailer on YouTube, like, actual tears were shed at, at the announcement of Shenmue 3. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I wasn't really crying, but, like, I was excited. So, um, I mean, like, that, that just became a thing. And so, like, I would see myself in, in videos for, um, for, like, E3 2015 coverage. And so, like, yeah, so many things were announced. Like, it would show me, like, just freaking out, like, oh my god. And, yeah, th- that was great. And then, like, um, like, two, three weeks later, I just get, like, this flood of, like, friend requests on Facebook because they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. All these Shenmue fans were just like, <laughs> You're the Shenmue guy! <laughs> and I was like, I guess. <laughs> and so, like, I I had 
I had a following. I had a fan base. And so, like, I recently purchased a capture card for my computer so that I could play um, console games uh, via Twitch streaming. So, like, hey, Shenmue guys play Shenmue. That's pretty catchy. Mm. So I, I did that, and, like, I revisited the I revisited the games. I, I played them. I had never played uh, Shenmue 2, so I thought that that would be a great opportunity to do so. So I played through Shenmue 1, and then I started playing Shenmue 2, and I just kind of, like, gave up because I realized that I really wasn't enjoying myself. Just on uh, Shenmue 2 or on both of them? On both of them. In retrospect, like, okay, so Shenmue 2... Or, or Shenmue was a masterpiece for its time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important to note that, like, for its time, because there's something very interesting about video games because they are art, but they are also technology. And as technology progresses, you know, so too do video games. And, like, technology is, like, concrete. Like, that's always, like, on a steady, you know, steady uh, uh, path forward. Mm-hmm. And art is sort of transcendental like it, it transcends that it it, it it doesn't really have like a path it's it's subjective you know there's there's like no clear thing that is good or bad in some cases <laughs> it's like i think that everyone can definitively say that tommy wiseau's the room is a bad movie everybody can say that yeah, i suppose <laughs> i guess i mean yeah fun to watch like terminator 2 shut up oh no how exactly. dare you? I How dare you? Sir? He's a he's some sort of philistine who's just like recently <laughs> watched it for the first no, time. No, no nostalgia. No nostalgia. It's, it's a a running joke from a previous episode. Okay. All right. Fine. I get that. I mean, like some people like that's the thing is like some people some people like different things and some people don't like the things that you like. So like that's that's kind of where we're at here today with Shenmue. So with well, Shenmue, I I didn't really like the story. I didn't really like the characters. I had an awful time with the gameplay. <laughs> and goddamn those QTEs. Yeah. So, like, it seemed like everything about the game to me was just really, really frustrating. And, like, it didn't really sort of congeal in, in a way that created a, a worthwhile experience in my mind. I will say, though, that one thing that Shenmue does and does extremely well is it recreates a world, a living, breathing world. I love just, like, walking around Dobuita and, you know, Hong Kong and just, like, seeing all these people just, like, going about their lives, running errands, going like going to their jobs, doing things like that. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And, like, you know, games... You know, they they do that now. Like, if you play an open world game or you know something something like that, like you 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 see these people just living their lives, and and that feels great because like it was, it was very immersive. Like it just it just feels like it feels mundane, but in a very exciting way. Yeah, I agree with you. That's one of the things I like the most about it about Shenmue, especially the yeah. first one. It's yeah, a, it's the closest I've ever felt to living in Japan. <laughs> right, right, and th- and that was the experience of it, and you know that's that's kind of what I remember from playing Shenmue in my youth, because like when I was a kid, I was way into anime, and like I was still into video games, and like Japan's where video games and anime come from. That's awesome, and so like you know the opportunity to sort of like spend time there was was great, and yeah. Now we'll hop in the time machine. Okay. Running gag. Um, going back to when you played Shenmue 1 when you were younger, what initially like was the driving factor for you to play that game? Um, I have no idea. My, <laughs> my brother played it a lot, and my brother would play more video games than I did, it seems. Or, like, he would at least just, like, you know, take over and just kind of, like, shove me off. So, like, I would just watch him play Shenmue, and, like, it's a very boring game to watch, but, like, I, I just had to figure out, like, what it was about this game that, that just, like, hooked my brother. Because my, my brother, he would play this game, like, all the time. He was hooked on it, and I'm watching it, like, there's nothing happening in this game. This is boring. <laughs> and so, like, when he finished it, I had the opportunity to play it for myself. So I, uh, I, I took a crack at it, and I was hooked. Uh, and and it was definitely that immersion of you know this this sort of living breathing town 
I got to I got to know the people. I got to take care of a kitten, and I got to beat up some sailors, and that was cool. <laughs> it was very different from anything around back at that time. Yeah, because nothing nothing was like Shenmue. You really couldn't like define it as a genre. It was like an action role playing game, detective game, uh, murder murder avenger simulator. Yeah. It did. It was. It was undefinable. It actually and tried to create its own genre called it, free, <laughs> fully reactivized entertainment. That didn't but take now, off. <laughs> now I think that we would call that like an open world game. Yeah. Or like an adventure game because like it, it follows. It still follows like a lot of those uh, uh, of those tropes from older like adventure games like on the PC. With like adventure games, like the point-and-click adventure games, like there were there were some things that were just you know somewhat obscure in their solutions, but there were still like multiple paths to get to where you wanted to go. And so I, I really appreciate that about Shenmue. Uh, I think that has like some strong points. But something that I found really frustrating about that was that like Ryu was the worst detective ever. Like you would have your you would have your notebook like where you would take notes. And I remember one time I got stuck. Where I was looking for Charlie, and so like, hey, Charlie rides bikes. I know a guy who rides bikes, and so I ask him about Charlie, and then he just says that Charlie's a poser and doesn't really tell me anything else besides that. And so like, I ask him again, and he just says the same line over and over again. Mm. And and so that was frustrating to me because like there were so many times when like I wanted to ask questions that Ryu just was not asking. It was so frustrating to me that I couldn't like press people on like certain questions. So like. You know, things, games like The Witcher or, um, or The Witcher 3 specifically, because that's the one I played, um, and uh, L.A. Noir, like these are detective games more or less. It's like you, you ask people and like you discover things and you can you can press them on certain things and like you get information. And at, at times, Shenmue just felt directionless, and I was just kind of wandering around until like I literally stumbled across what I needed to do, and so that structure to me was just sort of bad. I thought it was bad design because there was another point in the game later on where you're at the docks and you're trying to ask around about the Mad Angels. And there's, like, no one specifically that you can talk to. And, like, it, it was it was strange to me because there, like, I was just talking to random people who didn't have any kind of information. There were there They didn't have names. They didn't have sort of any significance. Like, there were no key NPCs or anything like that. Yeah. You just just talk to random people until like you rile up your boss and like he lets you go from your forklift driving job and then you know you get you get in a fight with the uh, bad angels yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that it's uh it's you you don't know who to go to for the next bit of information half the time yeah. and it's just random yeah. it seems random i mean there's yeah. pre-planned out who's going to give you info but yeah you have no way of knowing exactly. i guess it's, it's just kind of like fishing it's like you're just out there you just like throw your lure but while uh -huh. you're while you're waiting for for a bite you're just enjoying the scenery <laughs> so the scenery is ugly and kind of boring <laughs> and nothing really is happening and it, was, it wasn't ugly back in the day but now back in the day, uh, no. yeah, yeah. but like yeah i mean yeah like, and what it, what, it, what keeps me going is is the nostalgia for sure yeah. it definitely is nostalgia and again like it's a masterpiece for its time but i yeah. i think like we can like now that it's 2017 we can look back at some of the flaws that the game had mm. and i think that we could i think that we should be able to do that without being criticized or judged because like it's an old enough game and, and people will always like submit this argument that this game was my childhood and like i i realize that like i'm crucifying myself right now doing this because like i've, I've actually wanted to like write something or like say something about all the complaints that i have about shifter and i really haven't had a like a direction right now so let's start off with the story of shenmue now, the story of Shenmue, like, was revolutionary for its time. No game really had that sort of, like, uh, fleshed-out story, that, like, that cinematic quality to it that really made it something that was very engaging. Because, like, even with something like Ocarina of Time or, or, or like, some of the games that I played, it, it didn't have that sort of quality that Shenmue had. I really did appreciate, like, you know, the sweeping camera angles, the slow motion, and, like, martial arts. The thing about this game is, and its story, is that I've seen this before in kung fu movies. 
it's like, a fairly uh, typical revenge story. It is story. a very typical revenge story. And, like, I, I understand that in, in Shenmue 2, his attitude changes from, like, seeking revenge to sort of finding inner peace. But again, I've seen this before yeah. in Jet Li's Fearless. It's also cliche, yeah. It's and, very- and, Andrew and I are kind of different on that. Like, I, I don't really care about the story that much. It does right. feel like... Uh, like it's been done many times before for me yeah. it's, all, it's all about the environment and just the feeling and the mood that it gives me uh-huh. and for Andrew he really loves the story Yeah, I like the story when I say I love it part of loving it is that we didn't get an ending to it Yeah. Um, so I think if I don't think I would appreciate the story as much if the whole story had played out I would have more. I would have been more like Matt, where the mechanics and the the world of this game really wowed me, mm-hmm. and they absolutely do. It's just there's no ending. Like it's mm-hmm. this cliffhanger that I've been dealing with for 17 years. Yeah. Now, did, did you ever life. did you ever beat Shenmue 2, Scott, and get to the the weird mystical ending? Um, no, I did. I got like eight or ten hours into it and I just stopped playing because like I was bored. Nothing was really happening. Like I was making progress and making steps towards finding Londi or whatever. But the problem with this is that like there was no character arcs. There was no change in the character of Ryu. He was still just this stubborn, thick headed, angry guy. Yeah. And and like I mean, let's take a look at Star Wars. At the start of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is a nobody farm boy, and at the end of the first Star Wars, he's a hero of the Rebellion. And then, like, at the start of Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back, he's, you know, he's further into the Rebellion, he's, he's relocated to Hoth, and he has the confidence to use a grappling hook to, to jettison his way up to a AT- AT-AT walker, slice it open, throw a grenade, and blow it up with the entire yeah. thing by itself. He had, like, that, that's changed. He's now, a, he's now a badass. And at the end of that, you know, he's really started on his path towards becoming a Jedi. And in Shenmue, and Shenmue 2, Ryu just seems to get more angry. Yeah, I think he does, and uh, that's I definitely agree with that assessment you gave. I think yeah. the... I think the the idea was that that change would take place over the 16 chapters of the game, but that might just that might just be too long for some people. Yeah, it, it definitely is too long because, like, if you're telling a story about somebody, you should tell it about like the moments of those changes. Like, we, like there's there is value in like showing the slice of life sort of thing that Shinmu does because I do love that. I do love walking around Dawita. I do love walking around Hong Kong. And just sort of like experiencing the culture of these of these places, and that's great. However, the contrast is so few and far between. Like, if we had life established before the murder of your father, like you know, training every day with your dad and Fuxan, like those could be like really powerful moments of like, man, life is good. And then, oh no, that's been taken away from me. Oh man, you know, I've never actually thought about that. That'd be awesome if the game opened like right. a few, few days before your yeah. father died, and you just like live Rio's normal life for a few days, and then yeah. you get your father taken. That'd be awesome. I think that might yeah. be the intent of the the three flashback scenes with the carrots and the dojo. Yeah, you know uh, what? I never, I never discovered those, and and that's the interesting thing about video games is that like everyone has a different experience of playing them, mm. and that that's cool. Like I like that. That's... The thing is, when like those those are key moments in the story, and those can go like you can like ha- like go through the game missing those, you lose some of the uh, some of the validity of that story. I agree. I like there's there's the three of them in the first game, yeah, and then very close to the end of the second game, they replay the one about the carrots. Yeah, huh. but I don't like in the first game that these things are optional. Yeah. Like, it's... They give more, I don't know, context to the relationship he had with his father. Yeah. And you're avenging, you know, he's avenging his father's death. Yeah. But you missed all three of those. To be honest, I think I missed all three of them on my first time playing this. I probably did, too. I've played through the game several times, and I still haven't found them. (laughs) I, uh... I looked at 
I was trying to unlock all of the videos in the passport disc, uh-huh. and I looked and I'm like, oh, a memory of carrots. It's like <laughs> what? So I looked up on the internet. It's like look at the bowl, the bowl, bowl of carrots, of, bowl of carrots on the table, and then look at the thing in the dojo. Look at the tree, the cherry tree. Um, but those are things that I really wish they had of not made optional. But yeah. on the other hand, on the other side of the fence with that, it's something to discover. So your yeah. necessarily your second playthrough, you might have found that and like, oh, there's it adds, you know, replay value and longevity to the game for you. Yeah. But it detracts from the story a bit. So I hope they find a better balance with that in the third game, and I don't know how they would introduce that in the third game, because they don't probably have to show any more memories of his father. Yeah. But whatever scenario would be similar. Just have him talk about his memories of his father to Shenhua, you know, just Ryo doesn't have very many heart-to-heart talks with people. No, he doesn't. He's very closed off. Here's the thing, I was playing Shenmue again, and um, like, he's such a dick to his family. (laughs) He's so mean, like, his grandma, God bless her, like, she does so much for him and he rarely, like, says, he never says thank you. He never says thank you. She keeps the house clean. She gives him allowance. And he just, like, goes off, gotta go find my father's killer. Like, and she, like, begged him. She begged him to stop. And, like, I was so upset with the way that Ryu treated his grandma. Like, I ran, I spontaneously called my grandma and told her that I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing to do. Yeah, it is. Call, call your grandma. Call your, call your mom. Call your dad. Call your grandpa. Because they love you. You're, you're, you're your family. They love you. Um, but... Keep friends, those you love. Close. Oh. <laughs> but, okay, so let's take a look at that now. All right, so, like, Ryu shoves everyone away from him. Yeah, he does not take his father's dying he does words not. to heart. And that really frustrates me. Like, Nozomi, I love Nozomi, and I was talking to Nozomi, like, as much as I could throughout the game, and, like, every single interaction was just frustrating because Ryu was just like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing fine. Don't worry about me. And again, like, pushing people away from him. I and, think like, it's... I think and, he's just the very stereotypical stoic Japanese uh, yeah. man. Yeah, and, and that's another thing, too, is, like, this is me looking at it from a Western perspective. Now, like, Western storytelling is very different from Japanese storytelling because, like I said, with Star Wars, things happen, things move along. And, like, in, in, in Japanese storytelling, it's very slow, and then eventually, like, you get that payoff or, like, you get that really exciting thing, but it isn't until the very end or, like, close to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like... I don't know. That's why I can never really get into that much anime because it's it's so much of that. It, it's it's so much of that happening. Like even even with Gundam Wing, one of my favorite uh, animes from my childhood. Like most of that was political intrigue. And me <laughs> being twelve or thirteen, I didn't understand a lick of it. I'm just like, get to the giant robots, please. Yeah, yeah. But when they but when they came out, oh man, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Do you have any other questions? Oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't... I think it's fair to say that you probably wouldn't recommend Shenmue as a game to someone. Um, I would, actually, because, like, there are a lot of things to learn from it. Um, things to learn not to do and things to... things to learn to do. And, like, part of what we were talking, like, we've been geeking out about, like, how awesome like the world of Shenmue is because it does feel very realistic and I like that feeling of it. it it definitely has a great aesthetic however the story and characters are lacking and the gameplay you know it's it's also lacking in my in my opinion yeah it hasn't aged well it, it really hasn't and, and like even just like walking around you know like what, you don't like tank controls? <laughs> no! No, I don't! I want to run around in circles like an idiot, because games should allow you to do that if you have an analog stick. That's just my humble opinion. <laughs> now, knowing... So, uh, knowing someone that enjoys Shenmue, yeah. what game would you recommend to them today Ooh. to kind of fill that void between now and whenever this actually comes to see the light of day? <laughs> Hang on, let me take a look at my shelf. 
I mean, like, there's so many games to play. But, like, if you want something Shenmue-esque, I would say something along the lines of Witcher 3. I love Witcher 3. And, like, when I'm looking back at Shenmue, you know, I, I think a lot of, like, the comparisons to The Witcher 3 and, and how, like, Geralt of Rivia was such a good detective and, like, just the different options that are available to you. Uh, Geralt is such an amazing character because, like, you know, he, he doesn't really express a remote much, but, like, he has, he's a great character because of the things that he says and the actions that he takes. Um, and, like, I love the open, the openness of, of, like, quests that you can complete. Like, most times, like, you'll be faced with, like, hunting a monster because that's what you do. You're a witcher. That's what you do in that world. But instead of, like, just going someplace and killing a monster, you know, there will be places that are, like, haunted by ghouls or, like, haunted by, uh, you know, sirens or, like, some kind of some kind of monster. And you can choose to just go there, straight up kill it, and, you know, say, the job's done. Or you can remove the curse. Because, like, there's more to it than simply just a monster that's been haunting them. And, like, they're, they're, like the people that commissioned you to haunt, to hunt these monsters are like, this is a terrible monster and we don't understand it. So you being a witcher, you know, educated in the ways of, you know, mythical beasts and all that stuff, like, you can figure, like, oh, there's a different way to approach this than simply just cutting off its head. Hmm. And I like that. And I also like the different stories because, like, a lot of it is, like, investigation type things, like murder mysteries and, you know, whodunits. And I love that. And I yeah. love about that game. And there's so much to it. And I'm not really a fan of, like, high fantasy that much, even though, like, I've been way into Dungeons & Dragons lately. But that's a... Oh, if you guys want to talk about D&D, I got some stories for you. <laughs> I'm into but, D&D as well. Oh, nice! <laughs> I'm not a nerd. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically the worst. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was rude. That was very rude. I may, I, I may have missed you, it. You, you actually froze up on our end. Oh, good. <laughs> then, then, then don't, don't keep that. Don't keep that. Don't make me repeat it. But I, don't think, I don't think we got it at all. <laughs> Whatever <good>. it was. <laughs> good, because it, it was very rude. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I assume you insulted Andrew for not liking D&D. And if, oh, you, I, if you did, I, I approve. <laughs> Uh, but this is this is a tangent. But uh, all your Witcher three talk. Are you excited for Cyberpunk twenty twenty seventy seven? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's my most uh, anticipated thing. Can't yeah. wait. That's most anticipated. Let's just back up about that. More than Shenmue three. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll leave. <laughs> I mean, for me as well. But you know, we've already established that I'm not a huge fan anymore. Mm. And yeah, so, like just CD like... Projekt Red, they take they take their time. And they make sure that they have a complete game. And they make sure that they have the game that they want. Yeah, and they I want did. to be able to give that play- those players like the experience that they want them to have or the players that the the experience that the players want to have. Yeah. There's so many different like options and paths and pathways to for the players to like do things. It's incredible. And I love those games and I love that studio. Yeah, I, I just love Cyberpunk settings. It's my like, my favorite setting, but I, okay. I'm kinda I'm kind of crazy in that I bought Witcher 3 and didn't play it. I never had any intention to play it. I only bought it to support the studio so that money could go to Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's insane. I know. <laughs> play Witcher 3. I, I, play, so I played about an hour or two and I was like, eh, I'm going to play Skyrim. <laughs> See about that. <laughs> I really like. I don't like giving being given a character for, for some reason. Even though I love Shenmue, like I like yeah. to create my own character. But yeah, I'm the opposite. I like being given a character. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like. I like having linear stories told to me. Like I love yeah. the Naughty Dog Studio because I love Last of Us and I love Uncharted and I love how those things kind of put me into the role of those characters. I did theater back in my uh, college and high school days. And I love taking on the role of things. That's why I really like D&D, is because I get to, like, sort of become the role. And I think, like, there's two different kinds of players. There's, like, the players that want to, like, screw around and mess with their physics and make their characters look like idiots. Or there's the characters that, like, or there's the players that uh, take on the role and try and, like, act as though the character would act. And, like, take it kind of seriously in a sort of, in a, in a sense. Yeah. Where... You know, because it is it is role playing to a certain extent. Not that you can really do much with Mario, but you can like you know take on the role of Joel from The Last of Us, or you know Nathan Drake, or Geralt of Rivia, or Ryu, well, and 
you can do all these things. Well, that's why that's why I like to create my own character because then I feel like I'm role playing. If somebody yeah. gives me a character, then I don't feel like I'm role playing. I feel like I'm controlling a, a character that already exists and has his own motivations and stuff. Acting, acting. <laughs> that's fun to do. It's it's fun to take on a different character and like kind of like try and create. Video games are awesome, though, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, there's all sorts of video games. There's something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> video games are the best, guys. We, sh- uh, we should get back to, to questions. To, yeah, to, we should talk about Shenmue again. Yeah. To uh, quote Brad Ellis there. Yes. Actually, during the video that you were in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's really all the questions I had kind of about Shenmue in general. Well, what, yeah. yeah, you're going to ask about, like, the event itself? So, like... yeah, the like, being there, yeah. I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> what, what what was the vibe before it started? Um, interesting. Uh, the vibe before the whole thing started was, was pretty professional, I'd say. Well, like, professional, uh, like... And, like, suits were trying to be cool. Like, mm-hmm. big wigs were trying to be cool. Because I remember, like, hanging outside in the parking lot where they, like, you know, fenced off the whole area. There were journalists and celebrities kind of walking around. Possibly Rupert Grint. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> like, I got in there. They gave me a, like, ticket so that I could get a free uh, food and drink. And that was good. Because, like, I was really hungry. And, uh... After having thrown out all your shit. <laughs> well, like, I, I threw out all my stuff, kind of, and then, like, I had been walking all day because I couldn't because I didn't have any cash for the bus. So, like, I just walked, like, miles from, like, the E... Was it EA? Yeah, it was EA to the uh, Sony conference. Oh, right. And I walked, yeah, and I walked all the way there, and, uh, so I'm just hungry, I want to sit down, I want to eat food, and so, like, they had this DJ there who was, like, trying to get people, like, hyped for video games... And she was she was doing her best, but like people were just like you know meeting each other because they haven't seen them since last E3. Like there were professional relationships there among journalists, and they were just like hanging out and you know saying, hey, what are you excited for? You know, what do you think about this? Or just talking about like whatever. And that was cool. Um, but like it was just kind of embarrassing to see this poor little DJ girl just like spitting these tracks. Like you guys excited for Sony? And, like yeah, kinda. <laughs> but like once I got in, like people just started filling in immediately like once once they like open up the drill once they open up the doors people just like 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 the floodgates had opened and like we all just kind of like massed towards the entrance and um you know i i went as fast as i possibly could because like i want to get a good scene i don't want to be like up there in the nosebleeds i gotta be up front and so i got like i found like the seat of where i was like on ground level and i just took it because like there was no reserve for such and such it, it was just like me down there and I'm like yes awesome so I got a great seat I was like seven rows uh, from the front and it was like this is gonna be amazing and it was because that stage was so cool they like they have like the, the big huge screen and like they have all the other screens and it was just so cool like I, I was close enough that I could see the people up on stage presenting and I could see their faces I could see their emotions and it was it was fantastic and like that, that like I love I love E3 because, like, it was such a hype train experience, and it was just good to, to feel excited about stuff. But again, like, E3 2015 was, like, a great year for E3. There was so many cool stuff announced, and, like, ah, mm. And Shenmue 3 was, like, so exciting. So what, yeah. So when it happened, what was... Yeah. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, I want to do these in order. Oh, you okay. got to... So, how did the vibe change after the last Guardian was announced? Uh. Um, well, it's, it's weird, because, like, you go to a theater to watch commercials for video games. That's what, that's what that is. And so, like, when Last Guardian was announced, yeah, people were hyped. People got to see some more gameplay of it. It was very exciting, and it was, like, we had a date. But then that was pushed back, but, like, we had a date at that time, and we were very excited. But, yeah! And so, like, the next presenter came out, and it was just like, okay, we'll wait patiently. You know, it's like, it's like going to a it's like going to a show. Like when the band's playing their music, you stay quiet and you listen to the music and you appreciate it, and then you applaud or scream or hoot and holler when uh, they're done with their song, and then they play their next song. Yeah, it's just it's just like watching a movie or watching a band. You know, it's exciting. It's very exciting. And then after the Final Fantasy VII remake, um, did people, you notice a change then? Oh, definitely, definitely. People were so excited about that. 
I, I yelled at the guy. I was like, it was about time! <laughs> it's like, damn, those Final Fantasy VII fans, they are, they are vicious. They are so vicious, but, um, yeah, like, definitely, like, the tone had changed, and I'm pretty sure that tears were shed. Yeah. Like, because that was, that was exciting to see that. And then, finally, with the Shenmue 3 announcement... Oh, uh, it, it was just me. <laughs> just you. <laughs> it's funny that you have your hands on your head right now in the video that we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing video call, so... <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it, it was just... It was just me. I was the only person in the in the uh, place that seemed to know what Shenmue was. <laughs> Are you serious right now? It, it seemed to be, because I was the only person standing. Wow. And, like, people just weren't that excited about it. And I think that's pretty indicative of the public's general reaction to Shenmue. Hmm. Now, that's crazy. Cause I, cause, yeah, because when they announced it, I kept listening for, like, cheers of the audience, and I couldn't really hear much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, like, that's why I was on camera, because I was the only person standing. Huh. And, like, me and that guy from Game Trailers, who freaking fell out of his chair, yeah. he was so excited. Wow, that, that guy, that's professionalism right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, he's full of hype. Yeah, I, I know, that's great. I mean, like, again, like, E3, it's it's the hype train station. You get you get on the hype train, you just don't get off until it ends. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Shenmue, you know, that was great. When Yu Suzuki came out, huh, like... As soon as I as soon as I heard the music, as as soon as I saw like the text on the screen, I immediately like jumped out of my seat. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then Yusuzuki came out, and he was like, well, that's countdown. And I was with him. I was so with him. I was like, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah! Oh my God! Super! Yes! Yes! I was I was kind of like looking around, like I was I was counting down, like, come on, guys, come on, come on, I should do, come on. And, like. People were just like, okay, all right, some the weebs will like this one. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> it is. It is sad because, like, again, Shenmue has such a legacy to it. It's like the greatest game that no one played. Because I feel like a lot of a lot of games take after Shenmue unintentionally. Because hmm. like Shenmue does so many things that are like groundbreaking and so many things that like you know set the bar, but I feel like no one really references it or or talks about it in any sort of way. Yes. And the only way that they do, like the general public has a knowledge of Shenmue, but it's just that it's just that game with sailors. <laughs> yeah, that forklift racing game. It's okay. Forklifts and sailors. That's, <laughs> that's Shenmue. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's the thing. Like, so on a, on a on a larger scale, video games are just sort of like internet memes. You know, they're not they're not quotable. They're not like in the general public. And if they are. You know they're 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 frowned upon, and it's and it is that sort of culture because like we kind of do it to ourselves as gamers. I mean like YouTube comments, for example, like terrible, terrible, terrible things. And if you go online, you get really salty because these people are just so mean. And like the gaming public, like it, it, it's 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 bad. And like the games that are written are bad. And there are some games that are really written really well, but like you can't really like quote them in in like public it's not as publicly known as like use the force loop you know it's like like games need to be quotable games need to be you know like cool and i mean the games are cool games are great and i love them and i want to be able to like bring them to like a public eye to like where they're on par with movies or television or books and like you know we can look at them and, and like yeah that that was an awesome game that was a that was a that was a piece of history that was like a a, a benchmark a milestone but instead, video games, when they're quoted, they're just kind of like memes. Like, all your base are belonging to us. Or like a line from Duke Nip was like, I'm going to rip off your head and shit down your neck. Or, or like, or with um, Shenmue, it's like, do you know any sailors? And this is some sort of variation on that. Like, There's no yeah. sincere no. quotes. No, no, not really. I mean, like, unless you play like Uncharted 2, which has some great lines. Yeah. <laughs> that game's amazing. Yeah, the public consciousness around video games yeah. is not uh, positive. It, no, it's not. I, I remember watching uh, Amazing Race last year, and uh, they they do they do activities all the time about you know like uh, go up against this guy who plays sports for a uh, for a living and yeah. like, but they did this one where uh, they w- they had to go up against people who were playing Street Fighter. 
and they're having a really hard time beating these people at Street Fighter. And then the Street Fighter players got blindfolded, they got one arm tied behind their back and stuff, and they're still <laughs> kicking these people's asses. And these people got so mad, and they started flinging like personal insults at these Street Fighter players, saying that they're just losers who live in their basements and stuff like that, and like just no respect for the skill they've acquired to get Not that far. Not at all. And and yeah. like, like that's 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 the problem with like video game culture is that like the general public still has the idea that people who really obsessively and emphatically play video games is that they're just basement dwelling troglodytes. Yeah. But I, I have a job, I pay rent, I'm res- I have responsibilities, you know, I I listen to classical music, I listen to jazz, you know, I read the news, I, I you know, take in culture. But the thing is that people still think that gamers only play games and nothing else, that they're shut-ins, that they don't do anything. Yeah, but if you if you know uh, sc- uh, sports stuff, if you know a, a player's stats for every year of, that he's ever played, you're not a loser. No, not at all. <laughs> you're cool. Yeah, and, and part of that part of that's uh, Western culture. That's American culture because we put so much value on sports. Yeah, and you know, that's that's the problem because like uh, that's that's something else entirely. But because um, I was going to get into like how athletes get away with so much. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They really do. Oh, it's it's disgusting. Idols. It is. It is. And like you know, gamers, we like in our gaming, like our gaming culture is so closed off. It's it's as though someone put a gate there, a gate, a gamer gate, as it were. <laughs> oh, that's topical. Oh, I got it. Topical. Yeah. We're talking about athletes getting away with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd you like? How'd, so you we're recording this? this on what day? You didn't uh, expect this for your Shenmue podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I didn't think I'd ever mention on this podcast that OJ Simpson's not in jail anymore. <laughs> I know. How terrible is this? How, what, I mean, what, what a world that we live in. He he stole some sports memorabilia, um, yeah. and then he also got away with murdering two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at least he didn't play video games. No, he did. That guy's <laughs> not, not a, a loser. monster. <laughs> He's not a loser. <laughs> he had a great season. And <laughs> <When> he played. <laughs> All right, but, what's our next question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's try and get off this subject. But like, gamers have to change the conversation about video games. Mm-hmm. We can't just be throwing insults and curse words. Yeah, we I have will. to. We, and we also have to look outside of video games. We have to take in culture. We have to take in you know other things because like. Video games are so, like, exclusive to video games. Like, mm. I can't have a conversation with my grandma about video games in a way that she'll understand because it's not a universal language. We can't really, like, talk about that. I can talk, um, with, my, I can talk with my grandma about movies and movies that she likes. But I can't really, like, talk to her about games because, like, again, there's that world of, like, technology and the interaction of them. Because, like, I gave my grandma Super Mario Brothers for her DS... And she couldn't understand it because, quote, there were too many buttons to use. Yep, that's my Six. girl. Yeah, well, <laughs> two when it comes to Mario. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> she, she loves she loves her DS though because she plays Brain Age and Big Brain Academy and like those touchscreen games because she understands that. Yeah, gamers have a wall, have a wall that you know other media doesn't because other media is passive. You watch movies, you watch television, you listen to music, you read books, and you are a bystander. The unique and awesome thing about video games is that you are player one. You are the central, you are the cent- like the the central point of the story. You make things happen, and it is sort of that power fantasy. And one of my favorite quotes by Adam Sessler is that he likes first-person shooters not because he gets to shoot people, but because he's important enough to be shot at. And I think like that's that's cool though, because like it, yeah. it is. It is Again, like it comes back to the power fantasy of like being someone important, being someone who matters. Because me, I feel as though I'm a nobody. I work at a factory. I don't really do anything special. But I got friends and I got you know family and they love me. But I'm not gonna like change the world by working at the factory. You got family, you got friends, but none of them would ever shoot at you, and that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. I want some excitement. You need to start hanging with OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, kind of talking about the gaming community, I, I I almost fret to mention this because I know someone out there listening is going to do it just to do it. What's that? We are on iTunes, we are on YouTube, and we had a SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. We are approaching 6,000 views, downloads, whatever you want to call it. Awesome. Whatever you want to call it. Congratulations. Thank you. But... 
We have not had a single negative comment. We <laughs> oh, have come. not had. That's a gonna change. That's gonna man, change. Uh, that's changing with this episode for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have not had one single thumbs down on YouTube. Wow. Oh, nice. Not a single one. Um, we have not had any negative <laughs> feedback in any way, shape, or form. Shenmue oh. fans are the best fans, I oh, guess. God. I mean, yeah, you guys stick together. You guys really stick together, and you love Shenmue. Mm. It seems like that's the only game that you ever play. So no, it's not, it's, yeah. no, it's not true, but like you guys really love Shenmue. And I got really <laughs> like the community around what we do has been compared to like most other stuff out there. Yeah. Is like it surprised me that we when I looked at the stats there was not a single thumbs down. That's, that's really impressive. When you go and... I don't want to spoil an episode that I have plans for that Matt doesn't know about, yeah. but I intentionally went out and looked across the internet to find negative stuff about Shenmue, and it was everywhere. Yeah. Like, most most message boards were, you know, 80-20, 80 positive, but there was still a lot of negative stuff there. Uh-huh. And that's it for... It's like that for a lot of stuff. And I don't think that ratio... I think that ratio is closer to 50-50, it's just like I like I don't like this f you. Yeah. And I really I really hate that 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 happens, but I think there is a bit of a movement as video games are slowly becoming more mainstream. Yeah. That there's a little bit of culture um and are you so you mentioned there Michael Huber, uh the guy falling out of his chair. Um, yeah. Their new uh project that they do or workplace um, easy allies they promote this thing called love and respect uh-huh. and if you submit what a strange concept <laughs> <laughs> if you submit a question to them you submit it and you you have your signature at the end love and respect whoever yeah um, and like I really appreciate that they're doing that because it is slowly creeping towards this um, more positive community yeah but the, the the problem is is kids get into video games at such a young age and uh, kids are on the internet at such a young age now that no one's there's no filter there between they can just be a keyboard tough guy yeah. um and that that's contributing to the negativeness associated with video gaming uh-huh. is you go read the comments you go online and just listen to someone you know, just say terrible things about people, racist uh, things, homophobic yeah. things. It's, it's all like it's it's unbelievable that a that exists in 2017. Yeah, but like it's it's just and b that it happens to begin with. Yeah, and it, it is really around video games. You don't. Yeah, you go look at message boards for movies. You don't see that a whole lot. Oh, you don't see that oh. on a bit more with music compared to movies, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe other culture, than being player one is. I mean, like it is sort of like being player one. It is that sort of thing because like online gaming is so caustic. It's so filled with hate and venom, and it's it's terrible. It really is. And like because part of that concept, as I was saying earlier, is that like. Games are a power fantasy, that we are player one, that we are number one. We are the central part of the story. And when we get online, that power is taken away from us because someone else is better than we are. We thought we were the best in single player mode. Heck, we beat the story mode. We beat the final boss. We got the secret at credits. We mattered. We were important. And online gaming kind of takes that away from us. Gamers are very passionate because, like, you know, even playing Overwatch, which is somewhat a lighthearted game, I get really salty. Holy crap. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's... It is frustrating to me and that we can't look at these things calmly, that we can't step back, and that we can't, you know, take a deep breath and show something as simple as love and respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we need that. We really need that. And on the other hand, here we are, the three of us, gamers talking in a civil manner and i think that it's like the vocal minority because like absolutely yeah because like in the age of the internet you know 
we can like just spout out so much and just generate so much more content than we ever could before and it can be seen by everyone in the world if it's on the internet it can be seen by anybody and so and then another part of that is that we have usernames we have aliases it's like the old saying if you give a man a mask he will show you him true, his true self and so it's, we hide behind these masks of anonymity and we can say whatever we want but it'll come back to us it'll always come back to us we can't and we can't let these things go we really can't let these things go we should fight it but not in a way that you're thinking we need to go onto online games and be calm we need to go to message boards and be calm we need to show love and respect online because it's missing that is there's such a void there of like nice kind respectful people in the in the gaming community and we need to be vocal about that we need to counter this hate with love it's very simple but we just need to be more active about it because like i watch a whole bunch of youtube videos and like a whole bunch of stuff like but i don't leave comments i don't leave likes i don't do anything like that because it's just like i enjoyed that on to the next or whatever because like i don't i don't i feel like i don't need to say anything i don't need to i don't need to criticize like everyone's a critic everyone loves to say that that was wrong that was wrong here's what i think you did wrong you know stuff like that we love that. We get off on it. And it's terrible that we do. It's human nature, but like, it's, it's terrible. Uh, but again, like, it's, just, just, just be, don't be a dick, guys. <laughs> people don't. think it's, people think it's consequence free. Yeah. That they can do whatever they want. Like, uh-huh. compa- compare, say, we're playing an online game and we're on a team. And uh-huh. I'm spouting off whatever I want at the enemy. Yeah. The other team. I'm, yeah. You know, I can be racist. I can be whatever I want. I uh-huh. can say whatever I want, and at the end of the day, I'm one guy sitting in a room behind my controller. Uh-huh. And you'll never see those people again. You'll I'll never... never see those people again. Now, take that same scenario. We're a hockey team. Yeah. And I'm out there. You know, we're lining up for the face-off, and I'm spouting whatever I want. <laughs> I do want to say, that, though. <laughs> that guy on the other team yeah. can take my head off. Yeah, totally. And there's consequences. And you know what? If he decides to take my head off, I'm probably not going to do it again. Yeah. And that's... I would learn something. Not that I would do that to begin with, yeah. but I would learn something. And these people aren't learning anything because there's no consequence. There's no and consequence. It's, it's just frustrating. Uh, and like, we can, we can flag these players, we can report them, but it's, it's going to get lost among the millions of other people who, like, just fake report or, like, you know... Don't do, don't do, don't do a proper job of, of reporting people. But I also want to say, like, that was the most Canadian uh, analogy that you could have given. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, though. Like, there is no consequence, and so, like, we think we can get away from that. Like, Scott Free. For your next analogy, please use Putin. I was, just, I was literally <laughs> going to tell you a story about Putin. So I, we live in New Brunswick, and I had a cousin come up from Boston today, him, him and one of his friends, and he was talking about Kraft macaroni and cheese. Mm. And my wife <laughs> brought them out a box of Kraft dinner. Yeah, Kraft dinner. And I was like, he's like, oh, the noodles are different shaped. I'm like, yeah, the cheese is a little different. And then I went and got him a thing of St. Hubert's. Uh, poutine sauce, and I was just like, take this home. <laughs> and I'm like, I gave this guy craft dinner and poutine. <laughs> and we made them donairs for lunch. So it was quite possibly the most Canadian thing that happened. Buy your cups proud, you Canadian. So I think that's going to be it for this episode. Yeah, we uh, kind of went all over the place, but we I, I, I think that we had a good conversation. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. I really want to thank you for joining. Um, this was a different episode. We haven't done anything like this before. Yeah. Like a lot of podcasts similar to ours haven't done anything like this before. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you want to plug, Scott, for yourself, social media-wise? Um, catch me on Twitch. I do live streams uh, pretty regularly from uh, two to or, or uh, four p.m. to seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm just kind of making my way through my backlog of video games because I have amounted quite a lot. <laughs> and be nice, people. Don't send. Yeah, be be kind. Be kind. I know. I know that I don't watch Shenmue. <laughs> That's on me. 
Don't send it these guys' ways. Don't send it to them. Don't give them their first ever thumbs down. Don't we'll do just, that. We'll just hand it off to you if we get Yeah, one. yeah. Somehow find a way to, to send me all these thumbs down. And I'm, I'm <laughs> expecting that. I'm expecting, like, Facebook personal messages. It's like, <laughs> you suck! <laughs> I would hope not. I, I sure hope not. That, I think. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I, I wrote a post on a uh, large uh, Shenmue uh, Facebook page, and wow, people oh, really no. like QTEs. Wow, people really <laughs> like QTEs. We never got into that. Oh, man, have you back on for that conversation. I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely love to have you back on as a guest. This is, oh, that's I think, awesome. one of our better episodes. Oh, really? That's Oh, that's flattering. Thank you. Um, you can find us at Shenmue AM2 Podcast um, on Facebook, Shenmue AM2 Pod on Twitter, Shenmue AM2 Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're youtube.com slash Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We're on iTunes. Please thumbs up, like, subscribe, give us ratings on iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, we'd also like to thank our sponsor this week, Sumitomo Bank where you get more interest on your account than you would in Fuku-san's piggy bank. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.